they say even that chronic disease starts in the energy body. So if you have a clear, healthy energy body, your diseases will disappear or it's preventative as well. They will not happen, right? So it's just the basic of human living, of joy. We all want to be joyous, right? There's no person in the world that probably doesn't want to be joyous, right? So that is the key. Welcome to the Heart Leader Podcast. I'm Amber Mikesell. And I'm Austin Yule. We're here to invite you into a new era of leadership. Join us as we dive deep into stories of powerful transformation, unlocked through self-love, compassion, and insights on healing the body and soul by blending science and spiritual wisdom. Start leading from the heart today. Visit theheartleaderpodcast.com. Hi, and welcome to the Heart Leader Podcast, where heart and mind align. I'm your host, Amber. And today I am joined by Stefo Shambo. Thank you very much for being present with us, Stefo, and for sharing the wisdom that you've gained through your own journey. Thank you, Amber. Uh, it's great to be here. I know we were just talking. You just came back from India, like not more than a couple of days ago, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just basking in the energy that you brought back with you from there. And I'm are you willing to share some of that journey before we dive into some of the other things? What was it like? What did you experience from that? I actually went to uh, one of my teachers, which probably many people are might be familiar with, is uh, Sadhguru. And he has a big uh, ashram or yoga center. You could call ashram is this monastery for yogic or spiritual endeavors, right? And there's a big center in the southern parts of India, a very beautiful, serene, zen kind of place, and uh, a lot of spiritual inclined uh, people are there, and there's a lot of uh, yoga going on, a lot of spiritual activities, and there's a lot of spiritual devices even there. You have the Dhyana Linga, you have the goddess temple, you have the charged pools with water. And uh, so a lot of uh, amazing things to be experienced there. So I've been there for a week uh, doing yoga practice uh, and uh, in one of his programs, getting the transmission there and the initiation. So uh, it's been uh, lovely. Amazing. When you say transmission for someone who may not be familiar with our lingo, what does that mean? It means that back in the days, yoga was transmission-based knowledge, not book knowledge. Uh, they didn't want to write yoga down into book, into manuals, because that was not the correct way of teaching yoga. So they say that book yoga should not become a book yogi because uh, you don't get that transmission. The transmission is lost, right? So the transmission is when you are amongst an energy of someone that who's already done it and they kind of guide you through their presence their and uh, teaching and the mirroring of what they are doing right and they can correct you along the way so that is kind of a transmission an initiation would maybe be a bit more deeper and subtler of a guru that has already achieved certain states can that can initiate you into a certain practice, a mantra, or a sound, or something like that. So you get that imbibed in your DNA, in your cells, basically. So, so that is the yogic tradition, how it was in the ancient times when it was oral, right? So it was probably 5,000 years of oral tradition before the first book was written down, maybe 1,500 years ago. And so we only know yoga up until the point when it was written down, right? But it was written in a way that was very cryptic because they didn't want to give all the secret keys away to anyone reading it because you need to have the proper knowledge and the transmission, the guidance and the teacher to uh, come along with the manual, so to speak. Yeah, so that's a kind of an idea of a transmission versus knowledge from a book yes i love it and so that's why you'll find some even like myself who say yoga is who i am it's not what i do 
-hmm. And it's because it really is in the DNA. Once you, you have a transmission or you really begin to embody yoga, it is more than, it is a practice, but it's more than a practice. So thank you for being willing to share that. I know that you've taken this and there's so much that you've built around it so that everyone can begin to acknowledge and understand certain pieces and parts of it so that they can incorporate it into their lives. And then you built a program around it for men. Can you begin to touch a little bit on the program that you offer? And since it's about transparency this month, about how you came to that in the first place, why men and why the program that you've built? Why men? So let's start there. So um, I feel there is a need right now in the world for men's development and focusing on uh, masculine empowerment. I think that both women and men should develop themselves. But I think right now, what I have seen at least, that there's a lot of women's empowerment movement started all the way back in the 60s, right? And then uh, with the Me Too and, you know, reclaiming their femininity and all that, right? So there's a lot of that. And that's great. And we see that women are rising up to their full power and potential. And it's wonderful. I think there's just not enough for men right now out there. And maybe they are lagging behind a little bit. So I would love to see, you know, men and women just coming to a place of balance in you and just meeting each other in this amazing place um, of a healthy uh, masculine feminine energy, right? So I feel the, the call to uh, provide more options for men and their empowerment journey and, they, uh, and their transformation and development, right? So that's why I focus on men and also because I've been going through my own transformation and spiritual journey and I feel I can and give that back and speak to men directly and I feel there's a certain transmission again that can happen only through one man to another there's a different dynamic when there's a female teacher to a man right so man to man especially in a group of men there is a certain initiation into manhood that can happen and I feel that is lost in today's world uh, back in tribal days, it was very, very important for the adolescent boy to go through a rites of passage so he can kind of claim his manhood, to go from boyhood to manhood. And those rites and those ceremonies and rituals are lost. They don't happen anymore. And we usually don't get it from our fathers right? And it's not normal in society. No one is talking about it. It's not there anymore. So I feel many men go around not really feeling like they are knowing who they are as a man in the world. What's their place? Especially right now in the aftermath of Me Too and like, what is right? What is wrong? What can I do? What should I do? And I see a lot of men in my work getting a bit lost and confused, honestly. And then women are complaining, I don't feel my man, I don't feel he knows what he wants. But it's a very difficult environment right now in the society to, to know that. So I want to provide that space uh, and maybe offer uh, some kind of rites of passage or uh, going from boyhood to manhood that might have been lost. So even though an adult man feel like he is successful and he is a father, he is a husband, he is uh, great at his work, but maybe there's still a part of him that is frozen in time. There's a little inner boy, right, that just needs to be integrated. And even though that adult man can still uh, do that work and, uh, you know, recover that and feel even better in life. So many men I get, looking from the outside and in it looks like a perfect world right yeah. but then when i talk to them a bit deeper i notice that they're not happy or it's just how it looks on the surface and they're they're longing for more meaning and for more connection 
Well, I think about it like from my son's perspective, he obviously he had his father, but we were not together. So when you look at it that way too, now with homes that are both parents are not necessarily together and you have a shared custody, that has to play a part. Not only is there no longer a rite of passage, but then there's parents that are no longer together. And so you don't have a constant male role model for the men that are growing up. And that has to play a part in that as well. So how do you navigate that in a healing journey where you didn't have a constant of a male in your life? You don't have a rite of passage like you used to have to know how to transition from boyhood to manhood. How does your program kind of help identify these things? Right. Because they've become such the norm now. And there's mm-hmm. there's this part of us, and this is one thing I've learned throughout my journey, is there's still this part of us. It's embedded in us. There are these ancient wisdoms that are still there that once we recognize we can do something about, but if we don't recognize it, it just sits there and we're like, what's happening? So how can you acknowledge that and do something about it? So my approach would be to go to the energetical level of my five level method, right? So energetical level would be working on your masculine energy and balancing with your feminine energy. So like you mentioned here, very typical thing that happened in our generation, and that is a lot of single mothers because the fathers were away and they were you know, working or fighting or the divorce, or there's a lot of single mothers raising their boys. And what happens is some have not really fully embodied their, their masculinity, right? So what we can do in that case is, for example, working with masculine energy as an essence directly, not masculinity, masculine energy as yang, as the plus pole, something that all genders and all human beings have and all living creatures, right? So we can work on that specifically directly to increase it, but also to align ourselves with archetypes. Like you mentioned, there are certain things in the world, in nature and universe that are there and we can tap into it if we attune our antenna, so to speak, towards those energies. So the archetype of the divine masculine, for example, it's out there, you know, so we can tap into these uh, frequencies and download them into our being. So that's on an energetical level, like boosting masculine energy. And uh, not not that it's not something wrong being raised by a single mother and having a lot of feminine energy. That's not right or wrong. That can be correct for a certain person. But if they feel they're not authentic, if they feel not happy with that, so then it's a problem. If the core is masculine energy, but they're acting out a feminine mask, that's a problem. But if the core, they're a man and the core is feminine energy, that's fine. And they're acting out feminine, then it's perfect, you know, and then we shouldn't change that. We just need to balance these two within our own system. For anyone who's listening to this and maybe doesn't have a background in what it means to have masculine energy versus feminine energy, Do you mind taking a moment to describe? Because there are many who hear that and they think masculine equals male form, feminine equals female form. Can you just take a moment and explain what you mean when you say masculine energy versus feminine energy? There's a few levels to kind of uh, decipher between them. In the body, for example, is the left brain and right brain. Uh, So the masculine is uh, the left brain, right, which is logical thinking, doing maths, uh, rational, to-do list and and, and achieving and goal setting and all those things, right? The left brain. So we need the left brain to function in the world and do our job, right? But then the the right brain is the feminine, right? It's the intuitive one. It's the feeling one. It's the compassionate where we can really tap into those more creative sides of ourselves. And those are very needed when it comes to having a relationship, into intimacy, into creative arts, or being an artist of any 
sorts of music and all that, right? So we both, all of us need both, right? But so in the brain, already in our body, the brain is kind of divided in this way. And then the segues and the crossover. And the, so the left side of the body is feminine. The right side is masculine, right? So that is one interesting way of looking at it. Uh, another is then how do we operate in the world from these two places of the brain, right? So masculine would be more of the go-getter, right? To get things done. He says solution mode, like how can I solve the problem, right? The feminine energy is more of how can I connect? You know, they ask that question more like, how can I connect? I want to feel a connection and I want to feel a belonging, right? So uh, very different driving forces. And then on a more spiritual level, we can say the masculine is consciousness. We all have consciousness. It's that stillness, that resting in that witness that just have a little bit of a distance between everything that's happening in life, all the triggers and all of that. And the feminine energy on that spiritual level will be just unconditional love, you know, unconditional loving and that energy, that force and that power that comes with love. That's beautiful. And so what you are explaining is finding your balance that fits for you, whatever that is. So it doesn't matter if you are in a male body and the feminine energy is what fits for you in your experience. It's understanding that though. So if you're going through an experience and you're not feeling like it fits, then doing something proactively about that. Yeah, exactly. And and maybe you grew up or had certain certain in life that where you underdevelop one of them and then the, the seesaw is kind of it's not balanced right so we just need to focus on the one that needs to be balanced and maybe the other one we just need to uh you know remove some unhealthy patterns but it doesn't need to be increased so how did you find your way into this to this work uh-huh into just this lifestyle not just this work but this life it sounds like for you this isn't just work this is your way of life so how did you get here yeah. you know it's always been uh, um in my mind even from a young age i've always been a seeker right and there was always something that i felt was you know, missing from my life. And then I had certain life circumstances that brought me to go travel the world just to find, you know, whatever I was looking for. I didn't really know. So in hindsight, I, I could see that was kind of my pilgrimage, so to speak, you know. And uh, so I just got rid of everything. I burned all my boats just got rid of my belongings, my apartments, uh, my car. And I was in my 20s, right? So I was young. And I booked a one-way ticket, you know, and went to travel by myself, right? So I didn't have a travel plan. I didn't have an itinerary. I didn't know. I just know that I burned all the boats and I was setting out to travel until I found what I felt, you know, could satisfy my soul. So that led me to being on the road, traveling to multiple countries and continents for uh, two years, almost two years. And uh, on that trip, I found uh, yoga in Himalayas, in, in India, you know, and uh, Tantra yoga specifically. And I fell in love and I was like, it clicked. It was like, this is what I've been looking for. And it was just an instant, you know, click, an instant attraction. And I just started to practice a lot of it, you know, hours every day. And that was the only thing I was doing. And one thing led to another. And then, and I had so much transformation in my own life through doing that. And now I'm just passionate to, to share that knowledge in a very modern way that it's accessible. When yoga becomes part of you, it there is no separation so you can feel it in another too it is it's amazing what it can do so thank you for being open and then for sharing it with others 
It's such a gift, such a gift. So we touched on the word Tantra. And I know, at least here in the United States, when people hear the word Tantra, and we talked about this, it's more of what we think now of as the Neo-Tantra and not necessarily Tantra in the form of yogic Tantra. I'm wondering if you can help individuals who might be listening to this understand the difference between Tantra and Neo-Tantra. The best explanation I like to give is that there's like almost like two parallel paths, you know, so you have Neo-Tantra and I call it classical Tantra. You said yogic Tantra, whatever works, traditional. So these are kind of like two parallel paths. A classical Tantra started, like we said, the earliest uh, written down text 1,500 years ago, 1,000 years but the oral tradition, many, many thousand years, sorry, earlier than that, right? The Neo-Tantra path started around 100, 110 years ago. So it's still kind of, it's pretty old, you know, but it was a, a theosophical invention, basically. So they took parts of Tantra and then they created, you know, they focused on that and they created almost like their own identity and own path, right? So... Uh, the idea with classical Tantra is that you can do Tantric eating, you can do Tantric breathing, you can do Tantric, you know, picking up, you know, the groceries from the store. You know, you can do every, anything in the world Tantric, right? Including sex. And then the Theosophical Society, amongst others, just honed in on that part and magnified it and added some somatic practices and uh, not to make it like it's it's a great tool but it's just not exactly what classical tantra was all about uh, so these two kind of have developed in parallel and then there are there are many overlaps but they are different you know they're not the same and what we hear is only this only the neo-tantric practices that are a hundred years old so tantra both classical tantra and neo-tantra has been associated with the word tantra uh, whilst it's a little bit incorrect to say you know we can't have an umbrella and say you know both of them go under the word tantra but then it's a bit confusing so it's good to just to say neo-tantra or sexual tantra we could also call it we could call it uh, sacred sexuality uh, and, and things like that. So those two are there and it's just good to make a distinguish between them because a lot of teachers nowadays, they just say they teach traditional Tantra, but it, it's actually not, right? So you just say, you know, what you're doing, you just know what you're getting into basically. Yes, because I know I, Tantra, traditional Tantra, yoga Tantra, for me is a practice to heighten senses and to clear those energetic pathways that you were touching on. It's a beautiful practice and it's a beautiful practice for connecting with someone you love. And when practiced in the depth of what it is, it's a beautiful way to expand into all. And so to have the ability to explain and express it in that way, I, I'm just grateful you're on here so that you can, being so united with it, explain it to our community at that level. And I know watching on your website, you have an interview that you did with another individual where you did a breath practice with her. and. It shows how it stirred some things up just through the breath practice. Can you share how breath is tied into some of the tantric things that you do to get in sync and in movement and how that ties in with what you offer even in your men's coaching? So how does breath play a part? What does breath have to do with anything? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> It's everything, you know, both 
classical Neo Tantra uses bread, right? So, uh, and also, I forgot to mention that the misconception about the word Tantra that it means weave or to loom is just a di direct translation. But what the tradition was aiming for, uh, the Tantra meaning a technology to expand your consciousness. So, breath is one way to expand your consciousness. So, basically, Tantra is a technology. It is not loom and weave, it's just a direct translation of the word, Sanskrit word. Uh, but the idea, the meaning of it is a technology, right? So breath is one technology that we can use to expand our consciousness. So tantric science has it that they map not only the arteries and the blood flow of the body that we do, but they also uh, they map the energetical body. So we have energy centers, we have nadis, we have meridians. We have marma points. We have all these different energy energies going around in our energy system, right? And there are five different directions of those. We call it the five winds. And you can actually control these and move uh, energy into five different directions and in your body, right? So breath is being used to direct your energy inside of your energy body, right? Energy body goes around... 20 centimeters outside of your physical body. It's pyramid, it's it's uh, including also your physical body, of course. And using breath, uh, as we call it kumbaka, right? Uh, it's, uh, you could either uh, amplify it or minimize it, hold it on full inhalation or hold it on empty, right? In the void. So all these different ways of using breath will have different effects on the energy system. And while you're using these kind of ways of uh, breathing patterns, you, un you interrupt the normal way of breathing, right? You're going to use your body in a certain position. You're going to hold your hands in a certain mudra or certain gesture position, right? And you might... Uh, visualize or think about something so using the mind also as a way a focus point right so when we combine all these things together it creates a, a powerful technology that will eventually if you do it enough expand your consciousness and that is the real meaning of the word tantra but if you google it what does tantra mean it will say loom and weave but that's incorrect that is just the, the direct translation as i said you had mentioned like stopping the breath and moving the energy. And I know we use locks or blocks to move energy around in the body. Let's talk about the some of the purposes for why you would do that, because I know I get asked that too. Why do we use locks, energy locks? Why do you use breath to move anything around what's the purpose of moving energy why would we even do that we want the five winds to work perfectly because otherwise we will live a life where we're not happy we feel that things are not working or like you know i never have good luck or waking up on the wrong side or like uh, things just seem so very difficult in life or you know, a depression and all that. So when when they say that the five values of the body, right, when they are working properly, you know, there is just natural bliss and joy in your life. There's natural manifestation power there. Life happens. You're in line with life and nature so that you're a clear vessel for whatever the universe wants you to manifest through your life happens with ease, flow, and you're so, such in a relaxed state that, you know, your ailments start to work out. They say even that chronic disease starts in the energy body. So if you have a clear, healthy energy body, your diseases will disappear or not. It's preventative as well. They will not happen, right? So it's just, you know, the basic of human living, of joy. We all want to be joyous, right? There's no person in the world that probably doesn't want to be joyous, right? So that is the key to being that when your uh your energies are flowing uh in in the right way things are working in the right way why we see decay and sickness of the body is because it's a lack 
of vital energy flowing in that body. So we have one upward flowing and one downward flowing, one for the digestion, right? One for the speech and communication and one aura like are all around the body. So we want all of them to work optimally. And if we don't do anything to adjust them and we just, you know, stress all day, have negative thoughts, we eat junk food and uh, a lot of sugar, and then we pollute our mind with some bad addictions or habits, you know, and things like that. Of course, we're not going to work properly because we don't do anything to fix it. And we just do a lot of things to, uh, you know, uh, make the energies not working in a good way, right? So it's just like we take a shower in the morning, but why should we take a shower in the morning? Well, we want to be fresh and clean. We don't want to be smelly. We want to feel that we clean our body, but we also need to clean our energy body. So it's like a shower. You take a, an energetical shower, you cleanse your internal as well as your, uh, your outside, your body. I love that. And I know because I have a, a friend who is navigating your program and we talked a little bit about the Kriyas. So as you're going through the program, you have all of the, like, let's just cleanse all the way around our energy, our physical. What are Kriyas for anyone who is not a practitioner of yoga? Can you talk about those and why they're part of your program? There's two levels to Kriyas. And uh, it's one of those uh, Sanskrit words that uh, get a little bit confusing sometimes. So when we look at the yogic idea of Kriyas, they are basically cleansing techniques uh, for your physical body. But when we look out the more the tantric, esoteric version of Kriyas, they are working with the energy body. So more subtle, like we just talked about. So what we talked about now, when we're combining three or four different things simultaneously and working with the values, that would be a Kriya. So maybe the Kriya would be a 15-minute, 20 minutes practice that we do. And in the program, we call it the fundamental practice, the life force activation. And so you do a set amount of practice that involves a lot of different things and that will cleanse your energy and that's a kriya right but if you open a book on yoga and hatha yoga you will see that there are uh, six sharma kriyas and those are all about like cleansing the body or the eyes and uh, the bowels and the nose so, so it's basically just on a physical level that will help with the energy uh, so those are the two versions and thank you for clarifying that and by doing that it's like we talk about it all the time we're willing to do it to our homes our cars our vehicles whatever we drive but if we don't take the time to do the same thing to our forms and not just the physical one but every form then that means that we cherish materials outside of ourselves more than we cherish the one that is carrying us through this experience. And is that really how we feel? So we need to ask ourselves that on a very regular basis. And the fact that you pointed out, we're more than just the physical, which means we need to clean and maintain more than just the physical. And from all I've come to understand from your programs, that's what you reflect consistently and repeatedly. Yes, we need to pay attention to the physical, but you are more than just the physical. So let's focus on all of it. So in this flow of transparency that we're talking about, how easy is it to come into a program that you have and feel comfortable. Do you ask these gentlemen to walk right in and bear their souls and understand that they're more than just physical? Or do you have kind of a system where they don't have to just come in and go soul bear to you? 
because I know that's going to be the number one thing. Everyone who's going to watch this is going to go, I don't know that I can just come right in and be that open. So is it kind of a system where you have opportunities for individuals to find their comfort? A hundred percent. It's all about comfort and uh, being transparent, being vulnerable and really opening up to uh, your authentic self. Without that, it's really hard to have any real manifestation that will, you know, you know, transfer into your love life. Because ultimately, I, I use this for creating a better love life, whether that is in the bedroom with your spouse or finding a partner, right? So uh so what we do is that i'm quite an intellectual guy so i use uh intellects and science to back up all the claims so we have the understanding and the knowledge backing it up because it's so so important that we know why we are doing things right so when we have the understanding of why and how it functions it works so much better so we have guys or just average. They don't have to be spiritual and believe in this energy stuff, you know, and they might not even heard about it before joining, right? So we just normal husbands or normal single guys just trying to, you know, find a date, you know? So normal guys doing this program and uh, no one ever felt that there was too much because it's it's very a smooth process and if they don't believe in something they just try it and they feel it themselves and they're like wow this is amazing and they build their own experience because tantra is all about non-dogma and it's all about experience so you try it if it works in your life great keep doing that and most people get addicted to this kriya practice because it changes their whole day the whole day is just so much better the whole day and they feel they're more alert, sharper, and the manifestation power is just there, right? So when they don't do it, they see the difference. Of course, then you want to do it. You don't have to convince anyone to do it, right? So it's very experiential. And the way I'm teaching energy centers, for example, it's just like, you know, so how do you feel when you just came out from your last relationship? You felt a heartbreak, right? So where did you feel that? In your heart. Why is your heart breaking? Like, how does that feel? Most people would, they would say it's like, it's like a contraction in the heart. But if we would go in there with surgery and like open it, we wouldn't see that contraction of the heart, right? So why would, why would, why do we feel a sensation of contraction? And why do we even call it a heartbreak? So all that is referring to something energetical, another dimension. So we all agree upon it already. It's just that, you know, it's it's not really determined exactly what it is just yet. But it's not physical because we couldn't see it if we open it. And same with like when you're really mentally exhausted and tired, you feel this headache. So you have a headache and you're frowning a little bit and probably making this uh, face in in your forehead, right? So that just means that that here there is all this accumulation of of energy, right? So we have an interaction with our chakras, with our energy system, but we don't even think about it. So when you put it in those terms, anyone can relate to it. Mm-hmm. So it's five levels, right? So it doesn't really matter like what you do because the spiritual is just one level. The energetical is the second one. But then you have, you heal your emotions, right? On the emotional level, you heal all the emotional trauma and the baggage, all the things are keeping you from being stuck in that boyhood or that inner child or that trauma from the past. And But then we have the mental level. We reprogram the mind, your belief systems. Where does that come from? Where is all that self-sabotaging behavior is coming from in your mind so we reprogram the mind as well and then the fifth level is the sexual level right so we want to master our sexual energy very much neo-tantra here so a transmute classical tantra we we transmute and sublimate that sexual energy 
and then use that as a you know an antenna towards like do i want to manifest a partner okay let's manifest all our sexual energy and that power into that or do we want to solidify a really awesome connection with our spouse okay so let's use that sexual energy towards that right so that's why this is so much more powerful because it's a holistic model five different levels simultaneously and we're not neglecting the sexual energy which is a taboo today in most religions and in in most places in society right so yeah so if one of those five levels you're feeling not so connected to it will still work because you have all the others there that's exactly what i was going for so thank you for continuing on one because we can feel your passion for what it is that you do which is inspiring just in itself but all of those levels build upon each other too and that's helpful just because if you don't have the base understanding even if it's not for you you can build a base awareness so that you can build upon it to get to the next level. Because from my experience, both from studies and personal experience, if all you're going for is the sexual aspect, but you don't have all of the other four that you were talking about, it will never be enough. And unfortunately, we as a society in many places have turned that on its head which is why that part of ourselves is feeling so unsatisfied in so many areas. And so when we can begin to understand that connection, like there is a holistic connection that goes into it, then it becomes something more than just sex. Let's just put that out there. It's something so much yeah. more than the physical part of that it becomes all of those other aspects wrapped up into the union with a partner that you've chosen and it's exactly what so many of the individuals out there are actually searching for but don't know how to get to and it becomes a whole different experience and you can you can put the the sacredness into this act and almost merge as one with your partner and then you can almost start to tap into what the classical tantra were talking about in this very metaphorical esoteric ways of saying that you can actually reach god through love making right so it's almost like you transcend beyond the physical lust and pleasure and you just meet god because what they what they talked about was that the orgasm or the union is just a union of Shiva and Shakti on a global scale or that you know bliss of God but it's just a, such a minute experience of it imagine if you can tap into the full potential of that imagine also what that will do to your relationship if you bond with your partner on that level you will feel like soulmates you know you'll feel like twin flames because you build that so also be very cautious of who you're practicing these things with because you're gonna build some very strong bonds together when you do that so uh definitely and also because if you only do a sex course and focus on becoming like a, a master in in sexuality well the thing is that a lot of the issues are stemming from other parts of these five levels. For example, premature ejaculation might be an emotional thing. It might actually be a, a trauma that you know you feel uncomfortable. You just want to get away as soon as possible, and that's why the body just ejaculates, right? So it might be a trauma rather than just you know a technique that you need to learn. So that's why a lot of sexual issues need non-sexual answers to it and thank you for developing a program that gets to those that allows people to at least explore and i i understand that one program can only plant seeds 
But at least if people are open, if these men are open to receiving the seeds and then continuing on, it gives them an opportunity to explore, to really get in contact with that part of themselves and start asking those questions. We always say from our side, like, it's like being a personal trainer. We can't do the work for you. So you can't be mad if you're not seeing all of the results that you anticipate seeing. But if you put it in, if you like really put in the effort and go all in, then eventually it's going to get to the point that you are seeking to get to. Based on what I'm hearing from you, it's the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree with that. So if someone's interested in learning about your program, how do they find out about you? The best is to go to my website. It's called tantricacademy.com. And my program is called the Tantric Man Experience. You will find that uh, uh, on that page. But also there's so much free content. Uh, you know, I have over 200 blog posts where I am uh, distilling my knowledge, you know, for free. And I have free trainings. I do recommend if there's any men watching this who are either single or in a troubled relationship, go and watch my free trainings already and see how you resonate with my methods. And if you do, you're welcome to book a call and we can talk more about uh, joining the program. It's by application only. Uh, so, but the website has a lot of, lot of gold and value on there. So tantricacademy.com. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, the tantric men. I think those are the two best places. I've sent a lot of people out on YouTube looking for you. And every person has come back to me saying thank you. So it, your information is definitely resonating. So I do highly recommend if anybody is curious. And I would say not just, yes, your target is men, but if there are women who are curious about understanding from a masculine perspective, it is really helpful. It is very helpful. So I would say it's worth investigating. So, hundred percent. And for the women out there who are listening, I do have a, a blog on feminine energy and how you can dial in more of uh, of that if that's something you wish. And also, there is a quiz for both men and women. Uh, what is your dominant energy quiz? So uh, masculine feminine energy quiz. So you can check that out as well. It's for free. And uh, just if you're, you know, just want to gauge a little bit your internals of your masculine and feminine. So uh, it's all available there. It is. I didn't have to take the quiz. I think I know pretty much. <laughs> I am okay. so feminine. It's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are getting close to our time being up. And as we're getting close, I always like to wrap up by asking amazing heart leaders like you out in our community, when you hear the term heart leader and you are out in this world, leading with heart and love and compassion and blending it with intellect like you are, showing that it's possible to do both. What does that term heart leader bring forward in the action that you're doing? What comes to me is a term that I use that is very closely related, which is heart warrior, more the masculine version, probably. And that what I describe him as, or, or they, these heart leaders, is like being integrated in both their masculine and feminine, right? So... For a man, that would be probably like humble yet confident, right? Uh, warm but sharp, right? Calm but alert. So they have both. So they don't have to pick and choose. They're not overtly alpha or they're not overtly passive pleasers, right? But there is this, you know, compassion with assertiveness. And, and that is what I feel this integration creates. And then you can really lead from your heart because you can stand strong in yourself but with love i love that so much thank you for sharing it and speaking of sharing one more time just in case someone's listening and not watching and doesn't have instant access to just click below 
to get to your site? Where can they get it? Because by now, maybe they have a pen or a pencil or their phone handy where they can type it out. How can they get to your site to get to your program? So it's Tantric Academy. So it's T-A-N-T-R-I-C. So tantricacademy.com. All right. Can't make it easier than that. Thank you awesome. very, very much for being here and being so transparent and talking about things that, you know, not everyone just sits and chats about on an average everyday evening, but maybe we should. Maybe we should at this point. Maybe we should. I, <laughs> I appreciate you for the platform and for what you're trying to do and, and the message and all that. So, so thank you so much, Amber. And we want to thank everyone out in our Suivera community for tuning in and turning us on. We just love you and are so grateful every day for each and every one of you. Don't forget, this entire month is all about being transparent. And we were very transparent with you today. We have our transparency journal that is available to you as a free download so hop on over to social media, either Facebook or Instas, where you can find us and just DM us the word transparent and we will make sure that we get that journal sent right over to you. Until next time, I'm your host, Amber, and I look forward to seeing you in the Suivera community. Thank you for listening to the Heart Leader Podcast. Are you ready to start leading from the heart? Visit theheartleaderpodcast.com to take our quiz and get your personalized roadmap for a happier and healthier life. Remember to follow the podcast so you never miss a new episode and be sure to recommend it to your friends who might enjoy it with you. See you next week.